coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, this is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of The Right Hash. And it seems like we say this every week, but we're more excited for this episode than we are. We have been in a long time. Luke Ned Carney, Alex Thompson from the Nostra Alexander Kuchecki Studios. We've got a great guest today. One of somebody we've been waiting to have on the show for a long time. Brother of the namesake of our studios. Please welcome Armand Kuchecki. Thank you, Luke. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man, we're, we're stoked to have you, man. We've got plenty, plenty to talk about. Lots of fantasy football talk, uh, lots of NFL talk. We've got plenty of games to pick. We're going to pick our first few bowl games of the week uh, as bowl, bowl season about to get underway this weekend. Uh, of course, my uh, normal podcast host, Alex Thompson, along with us as well. And Alex, you wanted to start this show off a little bit differently today. Maybe not differently, but it's just I think we need to – it, this is primarily football that we talk on this show, um, but we need to to to, re- to recognize one of the greatest players I'd say in sports for an accomplishment last night. Steph Curry uh, pulling ahead of my second favorite player of all time, Ray Allen's three point shot record last night. Did it in Madison Square Garden. Uh, shout out to the MSG fans for being really class about it. There was no booze. There was no you know, animosity. Everyone was pretty supportive. It was a great ceremony. So great for Steph. Great for the game. Love how he's affected the game. Um, just wanted to put that out there before we move on to football. Yeah, Steph Curry, of course. What better place to do it than Madison Square Garden, man? Biggest and stage I, in the league. Maybe, maybe the biggest stage in sports. I mean, it, it might it might be. <clears throat> um, and I know Armand's a big basketball guy. And uh, Steph is a guy that Armand and I both kind of grew up watching together when he first went to the Warriors and you had the Splash Brothers, you know, I was, a, uh, I've been a Warriors fan since Clay's been in the league. Uh, so I've watched a lot of Steph and Armand and I have had some, uh, some friendly rivalry over the, the Cavs and Warriors uh, finals. Uh, a couple of times those happened, um, but just re- really great memories with Steph. I mean, it, he's not retired. He's not dead. I know this sounds weird, but no. um, you know, just great to look <laughs> back on what he's done. And it's really amazing to realize how much of his career is still in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It seems like just yesterday we were watching him at Davidson. I mean, he's, yeah. he's from this state. Uh, he's got great lineage, basketball lineage. His, his dad's a Hokie, so he's got that against him. But, uh, yeah, man, one of the great basketball families, uh, the, the Currys and Steph, well-deserved honor. Um, uh, Steph Curry <laughs> and uh, that dynasty brought me a lot of distress in my early years of closely following basketball, but I've – because I'm a LeBron fan, of course, but now I'm at a point where I can just sit back and enjoy him as a player and not have to be a hater necessarily. I still, Draymond, you know, Draymond's still Draymond, and I always feel a certain way about him, but Steph, I've, I've gotten over my hatred of him for sure. But you know what yeah, they say? I think, go ahead, Alex. They can't spell Draymond without Armand. <laughs> That's the worst part. That is the worst part of it all. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually kind of experienced something similar with Roger Federer. I really didn't like him at the beginning of his career. Uh, but as it went on and you just realize how great he is, you, you know, if you're a fan of the sport, you, you're you a fan of that guy. You know, you're a fan, such a great ambassador to the game. Uh, Steph Unfortunately, Curry. that's the lane I've fallen in with Tom Brady. And I think a lot of folks, since he's moved to Tampa, 
uh, are falling into that lane a little bit more too of just, you know, holy shit, we probably won't ever see this type of dominance again in our lifetime from one guy. Yeah, it's, um, it's refreshing uh, to not see him in a Patriots jersey. And in that way, it makes you like him a little more because he's, he's not there. So Tom, Tampa Bay. <laughs> also helps that Washington beat them this year, so I'm not, I don't necessarily there hold a grudge against them. Right. That's, that's, that's right. true. They, they did you a deed. Well, Armand, Tom Brady is your fantasy quarterback, correct? Yes, he is, and he's been pretty much carrying my team all year. <laughs> yeah, uh, last regular season week for uh, for our league here, for as and for most leagues. Um, I was kind of wondering, I was wondering what the how the extra week of the regular season would affect that. I guess they just added a game and shifted, kept the same amount of uh, playoffs, I suppose. Yeah, so standard leagues are going to be playoffs in week sixteen and seventeen instead of fifteen and sixteen, like in the past. Got it. Not that you and I are going to be there. Sorry, what did you say, Luke? I was saying not that Thompson and I are going to be there for the playoffs. In, in, in my other league, I am. From the, by the skin of my teeth, I started 6-1, and one and I'm 7-7 seven and seven in that league, but I'm going to make it. Well, I mean, I, I got the win I needed this week. Actually, I doubled up my opponent, uh, Chuba Wamba, as I named my team Juba Wamba. And I got I got George Kittle just continues to be my golden goose. I just I cannot say enough good things about this guy. George you Kittle know, is the best player in fantasy football history. Yeah. He's been don't at me. Up recently, huh? Luke, you're you're you know, I, I I don't know if I so much gave you shit for your fantasy team, but I, I would say I mailed it in for your chances early. And while you don't necessarily have chances, it's very admirable the fight that you and your team have shown towards the end of this fantasy season. Um, I, lo- I like to think that I've gotten a little bit of inspiration from you as I've won my last two matchups. Uh, two weeks ago, I won against our esteemed uh, guest because Matt Breida got what? Oh, my gosh. Point eight points. <laughs> oh, point eight. I, was, I was up 2.2. In a game where there was nothing but running happening. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was up by 2.2, and he had Matt Breida to go, and he got eight yards the whole game. Because he muffed that one handoff early in the game, I think they put him in the doghouse after that. So. <laughs> it, it, that's it, that's just one of the – like him even getting touches in the first place was so unpredictable and out of left field yeah. because there wasn't really a problem with Zach Moss other than injury. Not really a problem with Devin Singletary. Right. And it's just like, okay, we're going to put Breida in, take some fantasy owners out, make them really delve in and oh, commit yeah. to this guy. Got me and good. Y- yank him out, yank the carpet out from under him. Uh, thankful for that carpet. Don't don't get me wrong. But hmm. um, I didn't deserve the win, but I got the win. You did get the win, and that's that's all that matters at the end of the day. One, and of, Alex- one, of, the, one of the few wins. Alex, your reward this week is the insane clowny posse of, of our, our last guest, Mike Barlow. Yeah, I played him in my other league actually last week, and he took me behind the dog shed. My team just did not show up. I had James Robinson. We'll talk about that later potentially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I um, need to talk about that. <laughs> just to give you an idea of what my team looks like, he's one of my better running backs, and he had eight yards last week as well. So I don't know what that was. Um, on five carries. Ex- well, I'm excellent, not- excellent work by Urban Meyer and the crew in Jacksonville. Um, really, just blown away by what they do week in and week <laughs> out. I I can't say any more or any less about it. But um, this is fantasy talking. Urban Meyer nor the coaching staff are anywhere near my fantasies. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I get the top seed in the league this week to close things out. Symphony, and as as such, I have changed my name once again. I am now the solo musicians to combat the, the symphony. He he's got he's got a stacked team. Like I after the draft, I wasn't so sure about it because he picked up some, <clears throat> some really 50-50 guys. 
Um, but Cordero it, was big. It's paying off with Joe Mixon staying healthy for most of the year. Uh, Brandon Cooks has had a lot of success. This has been one of Mike Evans's best years that he's had. Uh, found a hidden gem in Dallas Goddard after they got rid of Zach Ertz. So I, I'm not even close to chalking this up to luck, but he's had a couple of things go right for him this year. He got Cordero Patterson off the waiver wire before anybody else, and he's done a great job putting himself in in first place. So um, let's see if you can knock off the top guy. He's he's clinched the playoffs, so he's not playing for anything. But um, mate, I don't know if there's a way he could lose. Yeah, he could lose the top seed if he loses this week. So he needs it for the home field advantage in fantasy football, which there's not much in this league. So, and, some uh, leagues do. Some leagues do do play with like a home field. Uh, top seed gets an extra five points for home field advantage. So I think that's there are incredibly stupid. But <laughs> uh, a lot for for him. I mean, a lot's going to depend on the health of Josh Allen, right? I mean, he has got what a sprained foot. He's day to day. Um, you know, you, know you, you you figure he's going to tough it out. I mean, you just wonder how much that might affect what he can do. I mean, yeah, I think it does matter if Josh Allen plays or not, but I don't even know if the injury is a big deal. I mean, the guy has just been freaking on a cold tear, and Brad is winning in spite of it. I mean, of course, his fantasy stats look okay. He had 36 last week, but before that, really pedestrian uh, performances for most of the year. Um you know, at least since week eight, after their bye week, he's just kind of been really a middle of the road quarterback. So maybe he finds it this week. He's got a, a what I would say a plus matchup with the Panthers. Um, I don't think that's a good nor a bad matchup. I think it's middle of the road. Um, but if they if they play zone defense really well, he's screwed. So Alex, you've talked about Debo Samuel as your golden goose for fantasy football. He's on both your teams. I've talked about George Kittle, Armand. Who's been your like? MVP for your team this year? I don't know. It'd, it'd certainly be a diamond in the rough. I got to go look at my team. Michael Pittman's been all right for me. Antonio Gibson is good, but you know he's got his fumbling problems. DeAndre Hopkins was my biggest regret. I'm Find you a new guy. Yeah. I'm assuming you've seen that news today. He's out for the rest of the year? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Marino, the, the regular season. So he, yeah. he should – well, I don't know, too early to tell, but he – Theoretically, with that news being reported the way it was reported, he could be back for the playoffs. He's he's one of those receivers who's always got that nagging injury, and I went against my better judgment when I drafted him in our draft. I guess I was – I forget who I was between, but, yeah, my team uh, – I have decent running backs, but, I don't know, Gaskin wasn't all that great. Hawkinson hasn't caught a touchdown in a little bit, but – Chubb has been – He's been good, but he hasn't played a full game, it feels like, this entire year. Like, he'll yeah. play a stellar half, and then they'll just ratchet it back and find a way to lose. Yeah, he hasn't really popped in any of these games, and that's that's the stinker that the Browns' offense is, especially when you got Baker with two messed-up shoulders, I guess. And COVID. Your quarterback and COVID. COVID. You're getting some of that value that I think everyone drafted Brendan Ayuk for, though. You know, he had really, I, I think, a promising – into the year last year somewhat and then in training camp it just sounded like they were not happy with what he was doing he fell on some draft boards he had a really pretty bad first half of the season uh with Debo overshadowing him by and large uh even got passed up by Jawan Jennings on the depth chart for a little bit uh seems like he's come back and secured that spot you could call him a number one if they line Debo up in the backfield like they've been doing a lot um so you, you you found you found maybe a diamond in the rough a little bit with Brandon Ayuk. We'll have to see. It seems like he's doing the same thing he did last year, heating up down the stretch. So 
I think it's a little bit too little too late for my squad, but it's nice to see him producing. Plus matchup this week against the Falcons as well. Um, they're not in shootouts like normal, but they surely don't stop anyone from scoring very often. Yeah, I believe Ayuk caught that game winning touchdown last he, week. He did tiptoed the sideline, got in on the pylon. Great game last week. That, see, that was an awesome game. And I, I actually caught that the, that the second half of that game on the radio. Uh, it was the the uh, Bengals broadcast. I was driving uh, – I spent, spent a few days in Pittsburgh. Uh, I was driving through – uh, Cumberland, Maryland, uh, near the West Virginia Panhandle, and for some reason, I got the Bengals broadcast, and uh, they, you know, they I, their call of that game-winning touchdown was, of course, not happy. But then later, I heard the <laughs> Niners broadcast team uh, call the the game-winning touchdown, and I guess every time Brandon Ayuk scores, both the play-by-play guy and the analyst—I don't have their names in front of me, unfortunately—but um, they in unison say, "Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk is on fire." <laughs> And it just like made me laugh. I almost ran off the road. I was laughing so hard. That's that, great. That's quality radio work right there. Like those guys are probably not getting paid enough for what they're bringing. Right. I mean, that's and that when you work with the same partner, like so many of these guys have done for so many years, that's just the kind of thing that it just comes automatically at a certain point. So one day where I hope to be at, as a broadcaster. Speaking of of broadcasting, real quick before we jump into the meat of everything we're doing. Um, there's a, a a women's basketball game this week between the Georgia Bulldogs and NC State Wolfpack. Are you ha- do you happen to be on the production team for the Georgia side this week? Yeah, I will be uh, in the studio for that game with uh, Jeff Dantzler. Uh Teams in Raleigh uh, tonight, Wednesday night game tomorrow. I uh, actually, unfortunately, I was going to hope try and get a get lunch with my uh, my broadcast partner. Uh, uh, unfortunately, not going to work out. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm going to be on the Georgia broadcast working for the, the Lady Dogs against my alma mater. It'll be the first time since I started working in college sports broadcasting that I will be part of a team playing against NC State. So that'll be interesting for me. Uh, it's going to be a really great game. Uh, I think uh, you know, NC State, obviously, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, Georgia has a ton of talent. Going to be a great uh, great matchup down low between Jenna Stadium and Elisa Kunane. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Really, one of the best uh, women's basketball games in the non-conference season, in my opinion. So as of the recording of this, we're recording this Wednesday night. This game occurs, uh, is it tomorrow night? Thursday, Thursday night? at 6 o'clock. Yep. So if you're catching this upload, uh, go listen to the Dogs uh, broadcast of this last night. I'm sure you can find it on GoDogs.com or LadyDogs.com. I'm not sure exactly what the hyperlink is, but listen to the radio Georgia broadcast. Do- GeorgiaDogs.com is the uh, team's okay. website. Yeah. GeorgiaDogs.com. Um, are you doing the scoreboard for that game? Yeah, I'll be on the scoreboards. Uh, a lot of times Jeff will have me chime in. He does the games by himself. He doesn't have an analyst. So uh, he, if he needs to catch his breath, he'll throw to, throw to me for some scores. I'll do scoreboards in between the first and second quarters, in between the third and fourth quarters. I'll do some highlights at halftime, do some stats. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I have a blast with those broadcasts. It's, it's a lot of fun to work. So if you're like me and you just can't get enough of my esteemed co-host, Go check him out on the broadcast. It's gonna. It's a huge matchup first and foremost. Uh, the seventeenth ranked Lady Doll Va- Dogs versus the number two ranked Lady Wolfpack. Um, Liz Cunane is can't miss basketball, and that Georgia team, no matter who's on there, they always play tough defensive basketball. Uh, very very good brand of basketball to watch. But um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that this isn't what our listeners are explicitly tuning in for this week. So um, we can move on to. Uh, I think. A very controversial portion of our uh, uh, show this week being the NFL top five. And I say it's controversial because 
I legitimately can't get a grasp on who is in the top five week in a week out anymore. Neither can I. It's it's really hard. It, and because you think you know what's happening. And it's almost like the NFL is like this every year. You think you know what's happening, but you actually don't know what's happening. And it's, yeah, it's I, just like week to week, you know? I was sure the Titans at one point were the best team in football. And then I was GD sure that the Bills were the best team in football at a certain point. And, you know, I was sure that the Chiefs weren't even going to make a, a run back at the end of the season. Um, who who had any idea the Patriots are going to be in this in this conversation here? Um, so it's it, it's been a great season because nobody's really run away with it. You have your teams that you know are going to make the playoffs, but past that, I, I would be hard pressed to find anyone who's really confident on picking the Super Bowl winner right now. What uh, Armand? Do you have? Can, can you make sense of any of this? Do you have anything to? You know, who's your top team? If you had to pick a top team in the NFL right now, well, I will say. Like Luke and you have said, the NFL is one of those things where the power rankings, they shift like every week. Something something crazy happens every week that shifts the balance of the top five. And, you know, this season has been no different. But for me, I mean, I think for the last, I'd say like six or seven weeks, I've thought that the Packers were the best team in the NFL with a really good offense and a defense that's starting to get it together. I think the Rams look good when they're playing well. I mean, they just beat the Cardinals. That's that was was it thirty to twenty? Yeah, yeah. The Rams won that game. The Chiefs are <coughs> thirty to twenty three. Thirty to yeah. twenty three. Right. And the Chiefs are starting to put together wins. That offense is finally clicking. Finally clicking, which I'm sure we all knew would happen eventually. And you know Tom Brady's always there, so it's hard to make it out. But I will say, the Packers have been my number one for a few weeks. I agree That's with that, Armand. I agree with that. They are uh, since since we're since we're we mentioned the Packers. I'll say they're my number one. Um, I think they have the best quarterback in the NFL. He's playing hurt right now, and he's still really effective. They are damn good in the trenches. Um, secondary's been banged up a little bit. Gives up probably more more yards than they should. But, I mean, the record speaks for itself. And, you know, they, they fell behind early against the Bears. Rallied, came back. Then in the second half, that really wasn't really wasn't any doubt that Green Bay was going to win that game. A really fun first half. Um, the, the thing that I really like about the Packers is they don't have drop-off. You know, so after Devontae Adams, there's obviously a drop-off. But from that position, from the wide receiver too, there's like no drop-off. You can put Lazard there. You can put MVS there. Um, you've got – you really don't have drop-off from Aaron Jones to uh, A.J. Dillon either. Right. Honestly, A.J. Dillon might be a better back at it than Aaron Jones. just depends on what the situation is. Out of the backfield, Aaron Jones is a little bit better. But if you need a yard, two yards between right. the tackles – you have A.J. Dillon there. It kind of reminds me of the two-headed monster that the uh, Vikings have. Um, just one-two punch, plug a guy in, you're not missing a beat. And I think that's what makes them so tough. They've avoided injuries largely to a lot of their skill position players, knock on wood, um, at, at least major injuries. Um, at, Tanyan's a great addition to the to the offense in the last year or two. Um, but Armand hit the nail on the head for me. It's this defense kind of coming out of nowhere and being – capable they're not an amazing defense but they're a capable defense they can keep the game within striking distance for Aaron Rodgers they don't get behind early they don't put their offense in negative positions I I have the Packers at two but I seriously considered putting them at one I took a shot at you last night on Twitter last night Luke so I had to put the Packers at two Um, but you know the argument for them at number one is completely fine when you were hyping our show too, I mean, always, always good when when you're able to say like, find out why Luke and I disagree on this on at the right hash, which you should follow by the way. Follow our Twitter account 
the right hash. Uh, we post all the episodes there. We're going to start posting like funny college football content there too. Just stuff we think think of. And you know, you might have seen the post we did about the Beamer, the Frank Frank and Shane Beamer. Um, <laughs> but there, there's more of that to come on our Twitter account at the right hash, which you should follow. Uh, back to to regular programming. So I've I've got the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number one for me, um, and it's it's nitpicking, but. I I just know if I had to blind pick a game and I got a choice between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, especially in the playoffs, I'm taking Tom Brady. Um, not I really can't say anything bad about Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think he's a choker. I think he I think he's one of the few guys who is le- legitimately the victim of his team and his coaching staff every time he gets to the playoffs. But that it's not just coincidence that it's happened like every year since 2011. And at the, at this point when we're doing the rankings, these are playoff rankings to me almost. And I would take the bucks over the Packers head to head. So I just put the bucks here. It's really close. And I'm hoping that this is ultimately, um, you know, the NFC championship game that we get. I want to see this again. Um, yeah, but I've, Bucks I've are number two for me. Yeah. Bucks are number yeah, two for me. So I think they're interchangeable, and just kind of some of the inconsistencies of the Rams and Cardinals, I think, push them down, as well as just minor question marks about the consistency of their quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, get, give me Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady all day, every day. I think that they're the two best, most consistent quarterbacks in the league right now, um, and I think that's you really could just put one A and B for these teams. Right. And I think the thing with the Rams is that they're they're number three for you. They're my number three as well. I like you said, you could interchange Bucks or Packers, but it's like the Rams just have so much talent. I think it's like pretty much all dependent on Matthew Stafford and whether or not he's like built for this built for this kind of moment. I mean, he's got an incredible defense. Like they in Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, you can go down a long list of just the incredible players that they have. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it all lies on Stafford's shoulders, and and like you said, like I don't blame you for picking the Bucks over the Packers. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady. Like most of the time, when you do that, you are wrong. So yeah, but I mean that a large majority of the time, you bet against either one of these guys, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. When you're when they're head to head in the playoffs, it's kind of easy to go against Rodgers just because of the track record. But that that that's going to stop one day before he retires. I I would right. put money on it that Aaron Rodgers is going to win another Super Bowl before he retires. Um, maybe it's this year. Maybe it's with a different franchise next year. I don't know. Um, he's got a really, really good opportunity to do it this year. Yeah, and I don't know who you'd give the MVP to other than Aaron Rodgers again, unless you guys can think of, I mean, Tom Brady, obviously. It's probably just going to be one of those quarterback years, right? <laughs> I'm st- MVP still going to Derrick Henry for me. Hmm. I, so I, my number three actually comes out of the AFC. I have the Chiefs. I mean, this team is red hot. I, I'm looking at their schedule now. One, two, three, four, five, six wins in a row, and they just dismantled the Raiders on Sunday. Yeah. And they haven't allowed double-digit points in three straight games. Really, if you go back to the Packers game where they won 13-7, to they've only allowed double-digit points once in their last five games, and that was 14 points against the Raiders. And, and, and ever since they got smacked by the Titans in that game in Tennessee um, on October 24th, it, they've been a completely different team. And, I mean, if I was going to have to pick a team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, I would be picking the Kansas City Chiefs. 
I don't blame you. That's another defense that's really getting it together when one of their players used to be a verb, right? What was it, Sorensen or something? <laughs> oh, yeah. Something like that. But, yeah, I I agree with you. The Chiefs are red hot, like you said. And, and a, guy, I, I, a guy who's not getting a lot of publicity on the Chiefs, Juan Thornhill. He's the best player in that secondary. He, uh, a Virginia product. Uh, they, I think they inserted him into the starting lineup over Sorensen midseason, and that's part of the reason things got a lot better. So remember that name, Juan Thornhill. I, I'm not gonna. This isn't like a one-up thing. Um, I was actually going to say Tyron Matthews playing the best defense he's played in my opinion in the NFL. Um, he's ball hawking right now, uh, generating turnovers. I want to say that the Chiefs have generated two or more turnovers in like six straight games. Um, their de- their defense is really what's turned this around. If you look at it, I mean, it looks like they're scoring a lot of points and they're scoring a decent amount of points, but. Their defense is doing a great job of keeping field position within reason, creating turnovers, putting the offense in those positive positions. Um, and the offense is finally, finally cashing in on that stuff. Um, I mean, they put up, what, 38 points, 40-something points last week, and Travis Kelsey had 30 yards, and they put up 40. I mean, that's also shout-out. Josh Gordon got his first touchdown in a decade. Really cool to see him get worked back in. I think How high do you think he got afterwards? Afterwards? Uh, How high do you think he was? <laughs> I mean, celebrating the touchdown, though, that calls for something, right? Yeah, I mean, he took his helmet off, and it looked like Frozone popped out of there with all the, uh, the smoke that evaporated off his head. So um, he, he, he was probably feeling good. Let's just put it that way. He was feeling good before, during, and after the game. And and I want to say the Chiefs' defense the first half of the season, that was the main knock against them, right? Yes. Like, everyone was talking about how bad the Chiefs' defense was playing, and now everyone's almost forgotten about that. Absolutely. Well, the, the defense was really poor, but their offense was struggle-busting earlier in the season, too. But, they, they were, like I said, they were not getting put in good positions by their defense. They weren't having extra possessions. They were starting in, like, inside their own 20 a lot. And I don't care who you are. In the NFL, that's bad. Right. No matter who you're playing against, no matter who your quarterback and wide receivers and all those uh, positions are, if you start inside your own 20 on average, your, your, your offense is going to suffer. So the defense turning it around has supplemented the offense. Yeah, I mean, Armand, you were at the game at FedEx Field when the Chiefs played Washington. The first half of that game, Pat Mahomes looked like a rookie sixth-round draft pick who was making his first start. Yeah, he did. I feel like earlier in the season – the problem with that offense, like I mean, what Thompson said, getting pinned deep, and you just see feel like Mahomes is trying to do too much back there, like doing all these crazy moves. I don't know. I guess you know what I'm trying to say. Like he was trying to do a Play, lot, playing hero ball. ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ball. And now I feel like now that the offense is clicking, he can kind of take a little bit of that weight off his shoulders. But of course, they were they did just fine against us, and I think they held us to 13 points that game, which was pretty yeah. sorry. But. Yeah, no, he, he got, tons he of issues got caught up and trying to like one up himself and try to see if yeah. he could outdo what he just put on Sports Center. And you know, to his credit, up till that point, he had been successful in doing that. Um, they've simplified some things. They've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire back. Um, they've they've got a lot of uh, production out of. Uh, I think is I think it's Damian Williams is the D Williams on that team. I get them mixed up. They have a D Williams in uh, Chicago as well. Isn't it Daryl? One of them is Daryl. One Daryl. One of them is Damian. Daryl plays for the Daryl plays for the. I know the Chiefs have a running back named Daryl. It's got to okay. Be then yeah, then it's him. But that you know they they've gotten some value out of him. Uh, he's he's more of a between the tackles runner than Edwards Hilaire has been at least from a holding on to the 
football perspective. Um, so I, I I like the Chiefs. They actually fall at six on my list for this week, just just because I, I the five teams I had ahead of them I would pick over them. Um, so just for everyone here to 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 recap the top five list, I, I've got down to my fourth. So I'm at Bucks, Patriots, Rams, Cardinals. That's Bucks, my top Packers. four. Uh, yeah, Bucks, Packers, Rams, Cardinals. Sorry, Bucks, Packers, Rams, Cardinals are my top four. Luke, do you want to recap your top four? So yeah, so I've, I've revealed my top three: uh, Packers, Bucks, Chiefs. My number four is actually the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, okay, by virtue of that win against the Cardinals, who had uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back. So I, I think the Rams, uh, in my opinion, get get the four spot this week. Yeah, so that's, that's good. And then I've got. I, I wouldn't say a contra. I'm assuming you have. I'm guessing. Does that put Cardinals at five for you? I actually have the New England Patriots at five because hey. I've similar to the Chiefs. I've just been really impressed with how hot this team is. I've been really impressed with how they play defense, and they're gonna have a say in what happens in the AFC playoffs. You know, there's something to be said about us becoming friends at some point. Maybe we're long lost brothers, but every week we seem to have just some random exact match on a list of some sort and the Patriots at five are that exact match this week um really love the ball that they're playing right now uh to be able to win the type of game that they won I know everyone wants to shit all over Mac Jones and the offense and oh any quarterback could have gone out there and done that and maybe maybe but it it takes it takes a true team player to accept that game plan as a quarterback and Checking into run plays exclusively the whole night. I I love the what the Patriots have been doing. Um, I think Bill Belichick had something to prove with a lot of folks saying Tom Brady was his success, not the other way around. And Belichick is proving once again to be smarter at football than everybody else. Yeah, and I mean the Patriots are a week one fumble against the Dolphins away from holding the number one seed in the AFC right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I know you could say that. Experience. I know you could say that about a lot of teams. You know, they're one play or two away. Uh, but, but you know, they, they're that close to having 10 wins uh, already with, with four games to play. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe Cam Newton was the problem. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Belichick with all the COVID opt outs last year kind of was just like, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to build for 2021. But, but here they are. After Cam, a one year hiatus, off. here they are. First off, Cam Newton, I don't know if the problem is the word, but a massive problem, um, you know, as evidenced by his stint right now in Carolina. I've never seen someone get benched three times in two weeks. Um, but leave it leave it the Cameron, Cameron Newton um, to get benched three times in two weeks for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, yeah, I, I think last year was an outlier for the Patriots. You know, obviously replacing Tom Brady is impossible. Um, in the draft this year, they got – what I think many people considered the best value and arguably on paper, the best fit quarterback to franchise with Mac Jones. Um, and so far he hasn't really had a bad game. I wouldn't say he he's had like an amazing game per se yet, but he, he has not had a bad game. He's done a lot of what he did at Alabama and just take what the defense gives him and win fucking football games. And that's the name of the game in the NFL win football games. Yep. You are what your record says you are. I mean, that that's yeah. if there's nothing else you that I think of when I hear, you know, when I think NFL, it's that, you know, it's like 
Bill Parcells, right? You are what your record says you are. There's no computer rankings. There's no BCS. There's no style points. You just have to win football games, period. Yep. And that's that that's what that's the culture he came from. That's the culture he's been brought into. Uh, Mac Jones is going to be a big problem for this league for a long time, uh, in, in my personal opinion. But yeah, definitely. That's, that's who rounds out our top fives. Uh, Bucks, Packers, Rams, Cardinals, Patriots for me. Um, so Packers, Bucks, Chiefs, Rams, um, Patriots for me. So tune in next week when all five of those teams miraculously drop out of the top five and <laughs> be replaced by the Bengals, you know, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, man. I shoot. I, just speaking of the Bengals, like before we get to our, our Slim Sweets Indies of the Week, I almost nailed that Bengals 49ers pick last week. I, I thought I was so close. Yes. Yes, that man, that was such a good game too. There were there were really some was. really good football games. Yeah, the, uh, the four the four twenty plus five minutes window uh, of uh, on CBS last Sunday was was that the, the really the two best games of the of the week right up on each other. So the the early late window. Yeah, the uh, you know the the window we tune in five minutes early for. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what 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 better way to uh, to segue into our Slim Sweets Indies of the week and. Uh, We've got a few bowl games to pick uh, this week. I, I think we should start with our NFL games, though, since we uh, we just uh, okay. we just uh, have been talking NFL. It's fresh on my mind. We got we got a lot of games this week to pick. We've kind of expanded things out a little bit with no more regular season college football and um, games with playoff implications now. Real, actual playoff implications uh, are starting to uh, take uh, you know take effect and. The, I think the best game of the week is actually the Thursday game with um, the Chiefs in Los Angeles taking on the Chargers. Back in week three, Justin Herbert and the Chargers won at Arrowhead Stadium. You know Mahomes and company want to pay them back for that. Thursday night, uh, going to be on national TV, obviously. Um, boy, this is going to be a great, great quarterback matchup. I'm, I'm really excited to watch this. I, 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 I want. Uh, let's do a little. We can do a little bit of a analysis on this one because it's a good game. Because before we pick it, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to watch this one. I'm here for the NFL putting really good games on Thursday night. Now, you know, go, gone are the days where you find the Jags and Texans on Thursday night. Like nobody wants to ruin a whole day that way. Put them at one o'clock on Sunday so we can ignore that. Give me a good game on Thursday. Chargers, Chiefs, um, man, Justin Herbert, dude, that that throw he made to Gaetan last week, holy, uh, sixty-seven <laughs> yards just in the air that was on a, just on a dime. Good uh, Lord. Only, I mean, only quarterback with thirty plus touchdowns in his first two years. Yep, it. I mean, and he he has looked good pretty much the whole time doing it. It hasn't just been you know he throws eighty times a game, so he. Uh, in blind squirrel finds a nut type of thing like he, he <coughs> Dak, has been, Dak Prescott <coughs> Dak Prescott <laughs> he, he has been actively good his in both of his first two years it's I, I'm thankful every day that the Chargers team doctors decided to stab um Tyrod Taylor in the chest <laughs> to get Justin Herbert into the league a little bit faster um you know Tyrod Taylor's doing fine at Houston you know no issues there but I'm glad that they got Herbert off of the uh off of the bench there early and it's paying off and Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, Gaetan, uh, man, the list goes on and on. Austin Eckler, Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree. So they, got the chargers. They, they've got so many great offensive linemen who are young too. <laughs> Their defense has studs everywhere. 
Uh, yes, as you might have heard Armand in the background, I have the Chargers in this game. But that's not any disrespect to the Chiefs. I just love how the Chargers are playing right now. Yeah, and I, I for the same reason, like the same reasoning, I'm taking the Chiefs. It's not disrespect to the Chargers. I think it's going to be a really great game. I yeah. think the Chiefs are going to pull it out because Mahomes has that revenge factor on his mind. Uh, and I just, I would really like to see uh, things, uh, this things, this be like a shootout. This be like a 42 to 35 type game. Lots of touchdowns, lots of fireworks. Um, yeah. I'll have to take the Chiefs in this one. I agree with Luke. I think they're at home. I think they're going to force a few turnovers. I think it'll be 37, 27 Chiefs. Night game at Arrowhead Stadium. It's it, it's in LA. Else. It's in LA. It's in LA. The Chargers oh, already oh. won at Arrowhead. But but there are going to be a lot of Chiefs fans there because SoFi gets taken over. My pick my pick still stands. He, yeah, yeah, totally. He said totally. The, the three points doesn't matter to him. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that's going to be a great one, Luke. That's going to be yeah, a great no, game. To no doubt. I'm excited. Well, we'll move on to the two Saturday games now, and this is the time of the year where the NFL brings itself to Saturday and two AFC games. Uh, first, we'll start with the uh, the earlier game. I think this is a 4.30 Eastern time kickoff NFL Network doubleheader. The Las Vegas Raiders on the road at the COVID-ridden Cleveland Browns, whose quarterback Baker Mayfield just uh, landed on the reserve, COVID reserve list. Um, the Raiders are struggling right now. Washington beat them 17-15 uh, back on uh, December 5th. Then the aforementioned beat down at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. They take on a Browns team that is equally as desperate for a win, even though they got one against the Ravens last week, it's nothing if they don't build on it. Yeah, de- desperation is a good word here and kind of a word I had in, my, in the back of my mind. But th- this is just – this is a game that these teams – one of these teams needs – both these teams need this win, but it's like they feel like three-point shooters that just need to see the ball go through the hoop. Like they're just kind of in a funk. I think both of these teams are better than their records are, even though, as we've already covered, you are what your record is. I think. I think these teams are are better on paper than what their records are. Of course, you know that's the the yearly story for Cleveland. Um, maybe it's more of a a statement about the Raiders. They're really struggling without Darren Waller. Sounds like he might miss this game as well. Um, but I just I really don't like how the Browns are playing. If they I don't like Baker Mayfield, but they, if they don't have him, I just don't see where they get it from. Um, so I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders in this one, too. Even if Mayfield plays, Browns have 18 guys on the COVID list at the moment, I think, yeah. 17 or 18. Um, going to be tough uh, for them to get through that. I like Vegas. Yeah, I would, I would like to take the Browns because the Raiders just got smoked by the Chiefs, and the Browns won a game by the skin of their teeth against, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, a backup quarterback for the Ravens. So, And like you said, with all the COVID, all those people on the COVID list, I guess it's got to be the Raiders. We are unanimous. There we go. The next Saturday game, right after that one, about an 8.15 Eastern time kickoff. This is going to be a good game, too. Uh, And this is a familiar game for people uh, that grew up when we did uh, because it's no longer the Peyton-Brady rivalry, uh, but it is the Colts and the Patriots. These teams have had some epic ones over the years. This game, I believe, is in Foxborough. Um, Let me double-check that. Uh, while we formulate our picks, uh, that's not going to affect who who I pick in this one. Uh, but while, while you're looking that up, um, I am someone who grew up on this rivalry. Uh, I entered the NFL as a Colts fan, as a Peyton Manning fan. Um, so I was I've been ride or die with Peyton his whole career. Moved over to the Broncos with him when he uh, moved over, and 
Um, you know, it, it, it's hard because the fan in me, even though I'm a Jaguars fan and the Colts are our rivals, I still have the Colts in my heart. Um, it, it's it's hard for me to keep bias out of this because I think just the way the Patriots won that game um, the, the the other night with just the run game, you know, Indy's probably not the best team to get into a running match with, but um, I, I something about the Patriots makes me feel like you're just going to win this game. I've got I've got the Colts though. I like the way Jonathan Taylor's playing right now. Carson Wentz is playing some of his most competent football he's played. Um, they've got wide receivers falling out of the rafters. There's so many of them. Um, Naheem Hines, give me Naheem Hines to take a random breakout screen pass for a touchdown as the difference maker in this one. And the game is in Indy, by the way. Uh, so Surprise. that is where <laughs> that is where the game will be held. Uh, I like the Patriots in this one. Uh, again, I think that defense is just playing lights out. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I think I, I think they're going to frustrate Carson Wentz into multiple interceptions. Um, I think Belichick is going to come in with a good game plan. He's really good on short rest. Uh, this these team these teams coming in on short rest. Belichick. I don't have his record in front of me, but if there's a guy who can plan for a game on short rest, it's him. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> you, you know the receivers arrested. They didn't. They didn't do anything last game. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it, it's going to be like a brand new game for the passing offense. You know, the offensive linemen probably going to hate it if they have to pass block the whole time. But um, it, it's a, it's a really close game, and this is a much better game than the records indicate because both these teams are playing a lot better football this half of the season than they were the first half of the season. Um, you know, you could really you could really make an argument that this is the best game of the weekend. Yeah, the NFL made the right call putting this one primetime Saturday. That's what I was telling Armand off the air. I was like, if we, if we start at Thursday, over half the week, we have primetime NFL games until next Thursday. We've got Thursday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. You know, we, we've got primetime NFL football for over the majority of the week. Armand, who you got in this one? Colts, Patriots. Man, if you asked me a few hours ago, I would have said the Colts because I love Jonathan Taylor. I like Carson Wentz. I like that offense. I just like the Colts in general. but. Like you said, that run defense is is very stout, and I think if the Colts want to have a chance, that offensive line is going to have to be pushing and moving people, and I think the game is going to be really dependent on that. But like like you said, that run defense is really good, and they're going to bother Carson Wentz. I'll take the Patriots. All right. We brings us to Sunday. Four games on the Sunday docket for us to pick. We'll go through these relatively, relatively quickly. <laughs> Elmer Fudd voice there. but um. Washington football team, Eagles in Philadelphia. Who knows if the game is actually going to happen at this point? Like Washington has COVID COVID list out the ass. Um, I don't. They they don't reschedule games, so you know. I anticipate Washington will be able to field a team. Uh, the game will go on, uh, but things looking terrible in Washington right now. I don't give a shit. I never pick against the Redskins. I know I'm stupid and an idiot, but this is a battle of six and seven teams that are desperately trying to stay in uh, the NFC playoff race. Uh, the Washington football team currently has the seventh seed because they have a better division record than the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles can jump right over with a win. Uh, I take Washington because I'm a Washington fan, uh, but uh, feel free to jump all over me for that. No, no, no. So should, should the game happen, I, I, I have a, a, a contingent pick. So... But it's more contingent on the Eagles. If Gardner Minshew plays, I'll take the Eagles. 
If Jalen Hurts plays, I'll take Washington. Just how, just how I'm feeling about that. I don't really have anything more in-depth than that, other than if you think this is the first time Washington's going to have trouble fielding a football team, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> yeah. Full one, anyway. A full 53. <laughs> a good one. <laughs> We're decimated at, like, every skill position. I think this game, if for the viewers, I'm also – or listeners, excuse me. I'm also a Washington fan, and like Luke, it's hard for me to pick against my own team, but – I think it'll either be a dogfight, like low scoring, or they might. I want to say they could blow us out just because of people we're missing, but they're the Eagles and they're not that good. So it's Terry McLaurin, the, the offense is not that good. The, the defense right. does worry me a little bit. Um, yeah. But is Terry, Terry yeah. playing? We'll see. I don't know if he pra- if he's practiced yet this week. Who? I know uh, Terry. Uh, he is McLaurin. still as of as of this recording. Terry McLaurin is still in the NFL concussion protocol, so yeah, man. still he remains got- to be seen. Okay. He tried to make a Superman catch last week and landed real hard. So, well, as soon as I saw, as soon as we saw that, we knew that was a concussion. So, yeah, we'll totally. To Terry. I'm not really banking on it though. Hopefully, everyone can just forget that game happened and bounce back, kind of where they left off with some, you know, some gr- gritted out games, some wins, some losses. But you know, at, at least offensively, I can see that there was a lot of effort and there's a, it, it it's close. Like I can see it. I can see it's there. I can see what they're trying to do. They just don't have the Jimmys and Joes to do it yet. Yeah, yeah definitely not. This game was a shit show, man. I hope this Sunday – I mean, this Sunday could not be nearly as frustrating and annoying as that game. So, But then again, that – you know, with Washington, you never know. Soon enough, you'll have Matt Corral. Yeah, I don't put anything – that's what they're saying. That's what Mel said. But I don't put any kind of outcome or performance past the Washington football team. Yeah, and uh, we'll stay in the NFC. We have we, these games are listed in a certain order, but the, I want to save the best one of the, of the of Sunday for last. So I'll jump to the Falcons 49ers game. Uh, 49ers currently the sixth seed. Uh, Falcons in the mix. Uh, I believe they're six and seven uh, in that jumble. Um, I, I like the Niners here. I think the offense is uh, is going to run all over that Atlanta defense. Uh, Debo leading the charge. Yeah, the Niners are playing good football um, as long as they're healthy and you don't have an issue with Debo or, or Kittle during the game. Um, I, I like them, but the Falcons are playing a lot better football than people. I think give them credit for. I think they got, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They got they're, they're very quietly this year. Yeah. I mean, with, with Cordero Patterson at running back and their best wide receiver right now is Russell Gage. Um, Olamide Zacchaeus maybe for you. Uh, some, some, some of you fans out there of a particular college team. Um, so, you know, they, they, they've made do with what they have, but um, we see Tajay Sharp appear on a football field far too much for me to pick them to actually win against a competent team. So I'll take the 49ers. I think we are once again unanimous. Yeah, not a whole lot to that one. Uh, college game day style here. <laughs> Next game uh, to pick. I had it in front of me just a second ago. Titans Steelers. Steelers? Clinging, man. I, I, it, it doesn't look good for them right now. This but, one's hard. That's seemingly that that game against Minnesota last Thursday was almost like a microcosm of the Steelers as a franchise. Like when things look worst, it's almost like they come out of nowhere and and win a game. Like that game against the Ravens a couple weeks ago. Who saw them winning that game? Yeah, that's. Go ahead, Armand. No, I was gonna say I'm I'm not much of a Steelers fan. That Ravens game was crap. I mean, I mean, Mark Andrews should have had that catch, right? Yeah, that's right. yeah. That, that game was that was another frustrating game, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to pick the Titans in this one just because of my dis, distaste for the Steelers and 
my firm belief that they are not that good. But then the Titans aren't that much better on paper. So these are two of those teams that are just Jekyll and Hyde so far this season. You know, the 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 Steelers maybe more so inexplicably so. Um, that the Titans are because of injuries. You know that they can't keep their guys on the field. Derrick Henry's out. Uh, AJ Brown's still on IR. They got Julio back last week and you know looked decent. They played friggin' Jacksonville. Um, so I, I I don't know how much stock to put into the Titans looking okay last week, but I do know that the Steelers' offense looks pretty decent right now. Um, and I'll take Big Ben back into a corner on most days, no matter what. That's how he's played his entire career. Um, you look at him in the pocket; the guy just fights. Um, I, I think. Uh, I think I think this is this is uh, Steelers. And I, I I really thought we were yes. past times of defending Ben Roethlisberger, but I guess not. I guess people. I mean, he was talking about retiring like two weeks ago, and then he pulls the game out of his ass, and now it's all good. Well, you know? it, it's not so much defending him; it's just I I like him right now better. I I still think he needs to retire. His career is, it, it for all intents and purposes, is over. Um, but just for the, the, the last two raw right. season, he's fighting. You know, I'd like to see Big Ben at least go out with a couple of good games because that's how I remember him. Uh, just guys hanging off of him and him dropping 60-yard dimes down the field to Mike oh, yeah. Wallace. You know, it just a, lo- a lot of good Ben Roethlisberger memories. So hopefully he can do me a favor, knock off those pesky Titans, uh, make the Jags uh, uh, distance in the division look a little less uh, distant, I guess. Um, uh, I'm going with the Steelers. I'm going to go with the Titans. No real reason at all. I just I think they're the better team, and they're playing like the better team. So Titans. Cool deal. In the last game for the NFL before we pick a couple of bowl games: Packers and Ravens. Uh, if Lamar Jackson plays, it's a matchup between two elite quarterbacks. Um, right, not. Yeah, like I said, best matchup of Sunday. Best matchup of Sunday. Really, really seems like kind of a toss-up in my opinion. Oh, I, I've got the Packers. Whether or not Lamar plays, I would take the Packers if Steve McNair rose from the grave and played for the Ravens again. Um, hmm. I just don't think it's close. I uh, honestly, I think the Ravens have a better chance with Tyler Huntley. Um, that offense looked a lot better with Huntley last week than they have with Lamar Jackson for the last couple of weeks. Um, not, not. I don't. I'm not trying to slight Lamar Jackson, but but you are. But I no. It, it's not a slight if it's true. I'm just stating facts right mm. now. And that guy has not been a great quarterback this year. Coming from someone who's had him on his fantasy team the whole year, believe me. Even as a guy who runs, he's not getting me great points. Um, he he's just really inconsistent. And if he's not able to get loose, he's a very ineffective quarterback. Um, so I'm taking the Packers regardless of what happens. I take the Packers too, just because I I have them number one in my rankings, and I've sung their praises, and it would kind of just be contradictory of me to not take them. I also don't like the Ravens at all, so I'm going to go with the Packers too. Agreed, for all those same reasons. They're my number one as well. I can't really pick against them. So there we so, have it. You're going to sit here and slight Lamar Jackson like that? No, I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, this this guy said he wanted to start Huntley over Lamar just straight did you, up. And did you watch the game last week? I did. I'm assuming, Alex. I'm assuming you mean. I'm assuming you mean Huntley is better than a an injured Lamar Jackson. That's what you uh, mean, right? Uh, a recent Lamar Jackson. I don't right, care right, about right. injury. Right. Recent. Well, if he yeah. if, if if his if his play has been suffering because of injury, then yes. But 
I have not been aware of like major injury to him. Yeah, I mean he hasn't looked that good, and that's undeniable. But he he's he looks he's looked like playoff Lamar Jackson the last couple of weeks. If we're just being honest, I I, I like Lamar Jackson, and I, I I like what he stands for and how he stuck it to everyone who said he was going to be a receiver. But I'm starting to side with the receiver people a little bit more. I I, I just I don't I don't th- about an I don't think he's there as a passer. Um, and he's got some really, he, he's got some interesting weapons, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, uh, Marquise Brown, you know, the, the, these are all guys who stretch the field, Mark Andrews and his passing numbers just aren't there. They're not reflective of the guys he has. And, you know, I don't want to stay on this too much, but, um, yeah, I'm, I just, I don't get a good feeling where Lamar is right now, but I feel kind of the same way about a lot of those 2018 quarterbacks right now. Um, and 2017, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar, all those guys kind of taking step, steps back this year. So those are the indies of the week. But that's not all the indies of the week. We have more indies as the bowls finally get packed this week. Finally, like college bowl. football, bowl pick them. And we want to remind you that you can join the Right Hash Bowl Bash on ESPN uh, for some chance at some prizes. We got going to have two prizes, I believe, a, a, a cash, like an Amazon gift card, and then a, a food gift card of sorts. But uh, log on to our Twitter at the right hash. Uh, look at, for the link in our bio. It's completely free to sign up. Uh, you just you must be following at the right hash uh, to be eligible for the prizes. We've had a few people sign up already. We'd love to have more. Alex and I will be participating. Uh, we will not be eligible for the prizes, but we will certainly be eligible for bragging rights if we beat you. So uh, So just be prepared for that. And I've made nothing but pretty much wrong picks the whole year. So if you lose to me, um, delete delete Twitter. I I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, go check out our bio. The link is there. Uh, sign up by the seventeenth. Basically, you just gotta complete it before the first game kicks off. Like March and games. our picks. We're gonna we're gonna be picking these Saturday bowl games. Uh, a few of them here. First one is the Boca Raton Bowl. Western Kentucky and Appalachian State. I really love this matchup. If you haven't seen Western Kentucky's Bailey Zappi play this year, uh, he led the uh, the MCA in touchdown passes by a wide margin. Uh, Western Kentucky runs one of the most efficient air raid offenses you will ever see. Uh, they're going up against a 10-3 and App State team that plays great defense and has a great run game. This is going to be an awesome, awesome game. What a great way to kick off uh, a Saturday of bowl games. Uh, I like the Mountaineers in this one. Yeah, I like App State in a close one. Um, I think App State just – I think they're going to have a little bit more taste for blood after the way they left off that game against Louisiana. Um, you know, that w- wasn't the closest game, not a blowout, but not the closest game uh, by App State standards. Um, credit to the Hilltoppers and the fighting Tyson Heltons on getting to a bowl game yet again, um, but I, I take the Mountaineers. Quick. <laughs> Quickly now, before we uh, before we go into the grinder, we have a great grinder segment uh, prepared that will involve both of our favorite college teams. Uh, another really good matchup, uh, UAB and BYU. Uh, I work in Conference USA this year. Um, it got to see uh, watch UAB play a few times on TV. Uh, they got a great run game. BYU also a great run game. I, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I think it's going to be come down to ball control. Uh, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the an, an upset, if you will. I'm gonna go with the Blazers uh, in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Armand, if you'll look at my notes, will you tell me what I have written next to the UAB BYU game? He's got the Blazers. That's all I have. 
That's all you need, the Blazers. It's enough for me. B- BYU is probably going to win. They're a ranked team. They had a good season, but I'm not picking against the Blazers on the right ash. And then our, our last college bowl pick them, our in last indie of the week, if you will. 23rd ranked Louisiana playing not far from home in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl against my Marshall Thundering Herd. Yeah. Look, uh, Louisiana. Um, ha- have we heard of Napier's coaching the game? I'm assuming he's not coaching the game. I. I, I should know this, but I actually don't. So I, I'm not going to say one way or the other because I don't I'm know I'm going to make true. the assumption. I'm just going to make the assumption since it's not like a national championship game or something that he's going to just – he's at, with Florida already. Um, so based off that assumption, I'm going with the home of the Fighting Mad Carnies. Give me the Thundering Herd. Yeah. You know, I, I'm obviously going to pick Marshall. I'm going to be on the Marshall broadcast doing uh, doing some pregame content, uh, scoreboards. I'm going to have the whole postgame show. So if you're up late – uh, it's a 9.15 Eastern time kickoff. You're up late, want to listen to some college football or listen to me do a post-game show, tune in around 12.30 or 1 a.m. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm obviously taking the herd. Uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game, I have a feeling. Uh, Marshall's going to get quarterback Grant Wells back, who missed most of the Western Kentucky game with an injury. Uh, he's really who makes them go on offense. And I like the herd in what is going to be an upset because uh, Louisiana, the ranked team, the favored team, playing closer to home. Yeah, and if, if you're looking for something interesting to make this game interesting to you, if it's not as, you know, su- super captivating, uh, pick a guy out and call him Randy Moss and just ha- have fun with that. Pick a guy on Marshall's team, pretend he's Randy Moss, and see if he plays like Randy Moss. Definitely. A player to watch before we move on here, Rasheen Ali from Marshall, one of the best running backs in the league, 20-plus uh, uh, rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, I like let's go, I like let's go, her. Let's like go, her. A lot. He, yeah. he, he, he's got a future as a backup in the NFL, I think. Yeah, no doubt. Real, real heady guy. Um, but those are our Slim Sweets Indies of the Week. Uh, we, love, we love making these picks. Uh, we love seeing how wrong we were uh, after the fact. So uh, I'm sure we'll do that uh, next week when we revisit this show and uh, just see how badly we messed up these picks. Horribly. Horribly. But that's why we have the right hash bowl bash pool going on so that you all can keep up live and keep us honest with our picks because they're all right there. And, yep, so join join the Right Hash Bull Bash. Log on to our Twitter, at the Right Hash. Make your picks and see if you can uh, beat the, the so-called experts here uh, at the Right Hash. That brings us to our new favorite segment. As you listen to episode 11 of the Right Hash, we've got Armand Kuchecki in the house with us. He's going to stay with us for the duration, uh, our first le- show-length guest in right hash history, we continue to break boundaries. And Armand is actually, actually yeah, gonna go ahead, gonna say he's go actually ahead. on location at one of the two Nasser Alexander Kucheki studios. He is at the uh, the Harnett County location. Um, so uh, not nice to have him, I guess, come in studio. Uh, the other guests we're gonna have to get them to step up their commitment to the program and start doing some in person shows. Uh, but Armand, thanks again for for joining us. Uh, and thank you for, for, for giving us the grinder topic for today. Um, why don't we let him, int- why don't we let him introduce it? Why don't we let right, him yeah. actually put us in the grinder? Great idea. Right. Armand, put us in the grinder. Happily. So the one that I suggested for this week is that the boys do their Mount Rushmore's of the best athletes from the university of Tennessee and from NC state. This can include players, just anybody in athletics. So I figured they're both. Very big fans of these respective schools, so I thought they could put some good lists together. 
Yep. So and, and that we did. That we did. I don't. So Luke, I you sent me your list, but I'll be honest. I don't remember who was on it except for the top name, and I remember it because it's just such an easy name to remember, and someone that I would have put on here if you hadn't. So um, I don't remember what it is. This is going to be brand new for me. You haven't seen my list, so. Um, Hopefully, Armand will chuck in some commentary on our Mount Rushmore's as well. Tell us where we've left someone off, or you know, maybe that guy just shouldn't have been on there, or girl, you know, no, no exclusion there. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's. I, I know we said Mount Rushmore. I, I did five. I, I kind of got a little rounded uh, with. Uh, Me too. With um, yeah. with uh, I, I have two, one baseball guy for NC State, two basketball guys, and uh, two football guys. So. I'm going to start with my number five. That's Carlos Rodon. Um, I went to NC State 2010 through 2014. I'm going to be including – these are guys that I watched play when I was a student and a graduate. Uh, so my first is Carlos Rodon. Uh, he was so fun to watch pitch uh, pitches for the, uh, the Chicago White Sox of Major League Baseball, uh, one of the best baseball players any position to come through L.A. Davids program. Uh, he is first on my NC State Mount Rushmore. A really good team too. Uh, I believe what Trey Turner was on that team as well, correct? Yeah, and it was hard. Leave, it was hard. It was hard leaving Trey off. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. It was hard for me to leave Trey off as well. Um, I I don't have mine ranked. Uh, I just have a list of five. Um, st- I guess starting st- starting point. Um, I'm gonna go with Jimmy V. Uh, I just feel like he should be on there. Um, m- maybe maybe the 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 V week stuff is starting to get a little played out in some people's opinion, you know, but I I like it. Um, really, the last time NC State basketball was uh, nationally relative um, relevant, I should say. Uh, so Jimmy V is on my Mount Rushmore for state. Another guy I have for state um, football player, uh, Kind of for maybe I don't know if you can classify him as forgotten because he he did play in the NFL for a few years. Uh, it was fun to watch on special teams. Uh, TJ Graham, uh, oh yeah, one of my favorite memories was a punt return sophomore year, uh, 2011. He had against North Carolina uh, in that 13 nothing shutout. Um, or sorry, it wasn't a punt return; it was a touchdown catch. Uh, but we shut out uh, North Carolina 13 uh, nothing. That was a, a fun game to be at. Um, he was an electric punt returner, kick returner, wide receiver, played for the Jets and the Bills. Um, I remember one uh, Hurricanes game, he sounded the, the horn at the beginning of the game, and the place went wild. Uh, I was at uh, that game. I was going to mention uh, that. Yeah, TJ Graham. Go, TJ. That's my TJ. Um, <laughs> I, I can hear our uh, Nasser Alexander Kuchecki friend saying that at a state game. Um, Nasser played against him in high school as well. Um, so – uh, that definitely a guy that uh, I think is is deserving of being on there, and sure. I would have loved to have seen what TJ Graham could have done in modern NFL. I think his career would have been different. So I guess I'll, I'll continue uh, oh. to the basketball oh. court, or if you want to go uh, ahead and do your second. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't know if Arma wanted to say something, but I'll go with my second one. Um, maybe someone people kind of forget about, even though his name's in the stadium. Uh, I'm going to go with Bill Cower, old spit shield himself. I um, like that one. You know, su- Super Bowl winner, multiple Super Bowl winner, uh, great player historically on the field, still doing stuff on the analyst desks for, for NFL pregames and, and uh, postgame shows. So uh, Bill Cower goes on mine. Uh, he of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he of the chin. 
And yep. you have the NFL today, uh, the NFL today, which I think is far superior to Fox NFL Sunday as a, as a pregame show at this point, even though I, Washington I is usually on Fox. So that's usually what my TV's on. Yeah, <laughs> but get how long so, off my, off my, TV, please. <laughs> so my, my next, uh, my next one is on the basketball court. Uh, he, he's a guy who did a lot of dirty work, Richard Howell, uh, on that, uh, that 2011, 2012 team, big, rich team's top rebounder. Uh, one of the, one of the, emotional leaders of, of, of the team when he played. Uh, and he, he had a cute little daughter that used to come to the games too. Uh, he, he was like the best father and he still posts, uh, still posts pictures of her, uh, her and, and his family watching him play and stuff. Uh, Richard was a lot of fun to watch play. He was like, uh, he was, he was a gentle giant. I interviewed yeah. him several times for the technician, really, really uh, soft spoken guy. W- wouldn't hurt a fly off the court, which is strange because you watch the way he played on the court. He played with so much passion and energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I, out of respect to my brother, you got to put Richard, Richard Howell on there, and I would do the same. He would easily be in my top five, and that's always Beard Gang for life. Love Richard Howell. Richard I got, I got that. Actually, go I ahead. got that bitch a rebound. Bitches love rebounds. Absolutely. Richard Howell is actually the the one athlete that responded to me back when you guys were doing Pack City shirts and I was trying to just give some out or, or get the word out. Richard Howell is the one NC State athlete that actually connected back. And I, I don't know if it was you or Nasser, but we're able to get him a shirt and get a picture with him. Um, but yeah, just small little story on Richard Howell. That guy could sweat in an igloo. Um, you basically <laughs> just had to pray that he didn't get two fouls before the first five minutes and you're good to go for a double double right. with him for real man what a player just unbelievable player he, he was so fun to watch so consistent go ahead with your next um, one Alex. i my, my third one is strictly just because of the gravitas he brings and being the only number one draft pick from state and that's mr mario williams from the richlands uh in north carolina mario williams goes on my NC State, Mount Rushmore. He, I remember he came back to campus one time when I was a freshman. He had the nicest car. It was like this bright state shade of red convertible. And I, I remember like one of my friends was like posing for pictures in front of Mario Williams's car. Ma- Mario, but, Mario was a great guy. To, yeah. Yeah. R- real fun. I mean, you know, you had kind of that weird engagement ring snafu that popped up when he went to Buffalo. But um, outside of that, guy just stayed off most people's radars, and never worried about him. Um, really good guy. I got family from the Richlands out on the coast. So um, always, always just had a, you know, that, that little bit of a personal tie to Mario Williams for me. Yeah. And, and when he got drafted first overall over Reggie Bush, a lot of people great. were like, what, what is Houston doing? And Mario Williams had himself a great NFL career. A little, I would say better than Reggie Bush's. It's probably debatable, but better than Reggie Bush's. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to go back to the football field. Uh, no, sorry. I'm going to stay on the basketball court with, with this next one. Um, and that is the one, the only Tony Buckets, TJ Warren, uh, was basically the only reason NC State made the NCAA tournament my senior year. Uh, basically saved that year for athletics for me because the football team was so bad. Uh, but what couldn't this guy do? I mean, I mean, if he had, he only stayed at State for, I think, two years. Um, but man, if he had stayed all four, like, his his name would be all over the record books, and probably his 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 number would be in in the rafters. Uh, this guy was awesome to watch, and uh, I don't think NC State like appreciates him enough. How, right. Do you guys feel that way? I, I just feel like he kind of slips through the cracks as like a an underappreciated state state grad uh, state guy. Yeah, I guess because like you said, he wasn't there for that long. But man, 
what can't you say about Tony Buckets? I mean, just single-handedly carrying our team and then taking us to the tournament that year. And we won't talk about what happened when we got to the tournament, but, mm. you know, we still were riding his coattails to success. And he was just one of those players where he had such an interesting game, like the mid-range elbow jump shots and all these different floater. This floater package was insane. I mean, you don't see – he had such a unique game, and you really don't see anybody in the NBA or in college that have a similar play style to him. And that's really what made him so special is that defense is really – like what can you do when a guy's shooting floaters from the free throw line and hitting all these mid-ranges and he was great. If if he had done what he did in a Duke or UNC uniform, he'd have been a top ten pick. Right. He, no question. ACC no question. player of the year. I, I remember the end of that year and just legitimately being terrified that he wasn't gonna win ACC player of the year. Me too. When he was like so on a different level from everybody else, not to mention he didn't have as good a supporting cast as all the other guys who were up in the running. Right. So I think it was um, like him. CJ Fair and like Marcus Page were probably the, the big names. That Marcus year. Page was the the other big one. Yeah. Fuck Marcus um, Page. But I mean, you, we've we've seen Tony buckets take it to the NBA too. You know, if he could get injuries out of the way, yeah, he was the he was the he was the menace in the bubble uh, in the playoffs last year. Um, and just he just can't stop getting hurt or playing on horrible teams. I I wish he could have stayed in Phoenix for this Phoenix team because this would be so fun to watch. That's a great pick, though, Luke. You've you've been killing it with this this book. <laughs> Appreciate it. That's what the grinder is for. Um, mine. Uh, I'm taking a little caveat on this one. I'm carving one head for both the Holt brothers. There's um, the one on the gridiron, and you know, in his career, but um, they both belong on there at the same time as the same entity. So the Holt brothers get it for me uh, as someone who didn't. You know, I, I wasn't an NC State. Uh, I wasn't grown up on NC State. I started about eight or nine years old when my parents, uh, my stepdad and mom got married. And first game, NC State versus Maryland, Phillip Rivers and, the, and uh, Torrey Holt. Uh, great game. They lost, but it, it's, it started right there for me. I was a fan of Torrey Holt for the, you know, r- rest of his career. Um, so the Holt brothers. The brothers Holt. I've always Holt. liked. It. I've always really liked it when you say the brothers blank instead of the blank brother. Like the brothers, the brothers can check. I, I've always said that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I like that. I agree. My uh, my my uh, final one for NC State. The one, the only. I know I already said the one, the only, but still the one, the only. Nasty Nate Irving. Nate. Uh, he, Man. the owner of a the owner of a Pack City shirt, of which there is photo evidence of us giving it to him. Uh, he was. We actually hit up Nate on Twitter uh, through the Pack City account. Uh, he was graciously graciously agreed to come out and meet us to do the exchange, take a couple pictures, uh, and and then I think in like 2015 or 2016 he posted a picture in the Indianapolis Colts weight room that said "Always Reppin" with the Pack City shirt on, and that was maybe the proudest <laughs> moment of my life. And that, so and that to say nothing of his performance on the field, after which coming back from a nearly fatal car wreck to do what he did his senior year. I mean, this guy was the heart and soul of that NC State defense. And the the thing that sticks out to me the most, other than recovering the fumble against Florida State, was the suplex against Wake Forest in the 2010 oh, season. Yeah. That was awesome. And the the belly top, you know, how his his jersey would not even cover like his his stomach so you could just see his fucking abs like and you just knew this guy was about to fuck you up. Ponder put it on the ground. I think Nate Irving's got it. 
Yep. Never forget. Uh, were we all at that game? I was at that game. I was at that I game. Was. I was in the student okay. section. Which with, that was my freshman year at State. I didn't really know that many people yet coming from uh, another state. So I was just there with a bunch of random fucking people. <laughs> we, yeah. we were down 16 nothing at halftime, and Wayne, uh, a friend of ours, turns around and says, all right, what do we have to do in, to win in the second half? I said, score 17 unanswered. That was actually I hate to, I hate to burst your bubble, but yeah, that was actually wrong, two years later. Yeah, two game. I, I got it mixed up. Uh, I was thinking of the EJ Manuel year, wasn't I? Yeah, equally as hype of a game. Yeah, that was a great um, game too. That was a great game. But Unfortunately, Nate Irving was not involved in that game. Nate Irving just one of the big fan favorites. Other than Mari Williams, I don't know if I can pick a consensus fan favorite that was more popular than Nasty Nate on defense. So, uh, great face to put on Mount Rushmore. Um, my final one. Yes, partly because of the last name, but just one of the great representatives of the, the, the basketball program, David Thompson, got to be on the Mount Rushmore for me. Skywalker. Got to no, no more appropriate nickname. He used to, they used to say you could put a quarter on the top of the backboard and he'd jump and pick it. Right. He's, I mean, just w- watching highlights of him, you know, I obviously never saw him live, but um, you catch highlights here and there and then really start digging and, Man, just some of his highlights would be all over Sports Center today too. Um, Skywalker player, he is the best player in ACC history. If you only look at college, because you know, ever Michael Jordan is the goat of the Fair NBA. I, we're not going to yeah. have that debate. I'm just going to, I'm just saying that because that's my opinion. I know that we could do a whole show on MJ versus LeBron with Armand. I'm sure, but hmm. you know, MJ is remembered because of what he did in the pros, and it's retroactive to, to college. But David Thompson was a far superior college player. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just, you know, always represented State very well, too. So, um, put a Thompson still, on. Still goes to games, doesn't he? He still goes to games, doesn't he? I'm sh- I'm yeah. sure he does. I, you yeah. know, I haven't watched too many since Keats has been the coach. We'll talk about that at a different point, too. But um, great, great ambassador for the program. Always been a fan. So, you've given your five, Luke? Yep. So, we've got we've got our NC State Mount Rushmores. Uh, so, I, now. Wait, wait, wait. No. I have an honorable mention. Disrespecting the Googs a little bit, Luke. I am disrespecting the Googs, um, but you know you can't put everyone. You couldn't put every president on Mount Rushmore. We're gonna let that's right. We're gonna let Googs carve the faces. I just had to give Googs a shout out at some point. (laughs) Gotta respect the Googs. Always respect the Googs. Yeah, only one player that I can really think of off the top of my head that was left out is Cat Barber. I mean, he's not on par with any of the names I think you guys mentioned, but he was a hell of a player for state basketball as well. He's why yeah, I didn't no get TJ Warren because I couldn't pick between those two. Yeah. They both kind of occupy the same space in my brain, just overwhelming uh, carry, carrying talents of their teams. Right. Um, That's a mixtape every game. Dude, he was so fun to watch, especially in those uh, ACC tournament games where he yeah. just really turned it on. Uh, honorable mention for, for me, Talmadge, Tab, Thacker, uh, National champion wrestler for NC State back in the 80s, but he was in both police academies as an actor. So just a show <laughs> tab factor. <laughs> right on. NC State's got a pretty good wrestling program, man. Yeah. I mean, oh. and especially, I mean, it was actually 83 as well. So they won the, the basketball championship and he was the uh, national champion wrestler. Guy was 6'4, oh. 450. Dang. Uh, last one I'll say, then we can move to the Tennessee one, but Julius Hodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another good one. Another good yeah. one. The jewels from Harlem on his way to stardom. That's the best. He wound up with the Nuggets, himself. right? Drafted to the Nuggets, is yep. that right? Yep. Yeah. He was the first name I learned from Pack Basketball when I yeah. got introduced, Julius Hodge. 
All right. So, so on to Tennessee. We've done, our, we've done our NC State one. Moved to the Tennessee one. I'm interested to hear your guys' opinions on this. Um, I'll I'll start this one. Uh, in no particular order, uh, two of these guys we actually mentioned last week. I'm going to start with one of them, Peyton Manning. I don't know if there needs. Oh, to yeah, be any I feel like that one. I feel like I feel like that one doesn't need a whole lot of justification. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning, the sheriff. He he he's on there. He's going to need the most rock face for his forehead. Um, so pick out a really big mountain. Um, but Peyton Manning's on mine. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I have Peyton there as well. I like I said, don't think okay. that needs a lot of justification. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll go to my second. Also mentioned last week, the Minister of Defense, Reggie White. Um, not a lot that I can say now that I didn't say last week, so I'll leave it there, but Reggie White goes on mine. I'll go to the basketball court for my next one. Uh, I don't I'm He may be on your list, too. Chris Lofton. Um, he, uh, he broke my heart in 2007, uh, second round of the NCAA tournament, uh, Virginia versus Tennessee. Uh, made, made all his free throws down the stretch and put the game out of reach and just had a generally good game. Uh, to knock off the Cavaliers by three, uh, but still, uh, he like he, kind of like how you said Julius Hodge is one of the first names uh, you remember for uh, Bay basketball. Chris Lofton's one of the first names I remember for Tennessee basketball. Same, same for me. Chris Lofton is maybe the first name I remember for Tennessee basketball. Um, I take that back, Scooter McFadden. But uh, Chris Chris Lofton was definitely my favorite player. Um, at, at, just outside of his on court. Uh, he comes out in his senior year with Bruce Pearl, and we just find out that he just, in the background, beat testicular cancer while playing basketball his his college career. Forgot all about that. Yeah. I just, I, he, he's still playing basketball in Turkey, I believe. Um, you know, I, he's another guy that I, I wish could have had his career delayed for 20 years and played now because I think he would fit today's basketball un, unbelievably well. Um, great inclusion. He was very close on my list, but I have a different basketball player on mine. And player is that basketball player is much older than Chris Lofton, but is uh, the Knicks' all-time leading scorer, Bernard King. Um, and Ooh. actually, the third all-time leading scorer for the Knicks is Allen Houston, another ball. So uh, Bernard King, part of the Bernie and Ernie show back in the day at Tennessee, and also at the Knicks. Um, just he, he he's the name that you think of when you think of the Tennessee basketball program as a, as a Tennessee fan, I should say, um, as someone our age out on the outside, probably more along Chris Lofton that you would think of for the program. Um, but Bernard King, the guy who started it all, still comes around the team. Very, very similar uh, comparison to David Thompson for me. Um, I, I think they're both very similar for their universities. So. Bernard King, uh, I love him. Go check out highlights, folks, if you haven't seen him. Check out the Christmas Day highlights where he dropped 51 in Madison Square Garden. Um, still one of the records for most points scored on Christmas. Uh, great player, great person. I'm going to go back to football for my next one. Uh, I, I'm going to pull some blasphemy here. I'm going to talk talk nicely about a Dallas Cowboy, Jason Witten. As, as awful as he was as a commentator – I mean, he was he was a reliable tight end in the uh, in the the NFL, and I, I you know, I'm not a Tennessee fan, but if I was a Tennessee fan, like I'd be like, yeah, I remember Jason Witten. He was one of my favorite players. Um, he's you know, in in my opinion, one of the more famous uh, players that has come out of Tennessee in the last uh, twenty to twenty five years for football, um, at least since you know since the years of Peyton. Uh, so he's he's on mine as well. 
the only Tennessee player that has ever done Monday Night Football. So there you go. Uh, didn't last very long. Um, yeah, that that that's a really good guy. Uh, he's from Tennessee, and also fun fact: out of high school, he was a defensive lineman. So um, didn't even play tight end in high school. And he's also a guy. He he's a guy who played the game. He kept playing the game because he loved playing it. Yeah, he he's one of those guys that I just had so much respect for because of that. Kind of like Vince Carter in the NBA. I mean, he just he wasn't playing for the money. He wasn't playing because he was putting up huge numbers. He was playing because he loved to play football. And I just really respect. And I like guys like Jason Witten that you know he had so many catches and he never showboated. You know, the the biggest showboat he ever had was when he lost his helmet and still ran for twenty yards, which was awesome. And I can't believe the NFL changed that rule. <laughs> I know it was so cool, um, very dangerous, but very very cool. Like at, at that point, you know who you have in that player once he does that. If you didn't already, um, but great great pick on Jason Witten. Um, my next two are actually both females. Um, I'm going to start with a uh, softball player, Olympian, gold medalist, national champion, Monica Abbott, uh, softball pitcher. Um, e- even if you don't follow softball, you've probably heard Monica Abbott before. Uh, she had some magnificent battles back in the day with Jenny Finch uh, on the softball diamond. Um, great. At, you know, I feel like I'm just repeating the same thing, but great ambassador for the program. Um, she's done done a lot to put us on the map. Uh, and she's still pitching today for the Olympic team. And she played back, oh, 15 or so years ago for the for the Lady Vols. So uh, Monica Abbott is going on my Mount Rushmore for, just for everything she's accomplished. I've got a Lady Vol on my list as well. My favorite WNBA player of all time, Shamik Holdsclaw, former Washington Mystic. I'm probably the most recognizable former Mystics player. Um, loved watching her in the WNBA uh, growing up. Uh, I don't obviously never followed it as closely as I did uh, the Wizards, but uh, she was, you know, she was, you know, if there was a Mrs. Mystic award, that would be her, uh, Shamik Holdsclaw. Yeah, Shamikwa was one of the, one of the, I mean, arguably the greatest of all time, really, until Candace Parker walked through the building and put some big question marks on if Shamikwa was the best player in program history. Um, and I think there's some still big question marks. You could have a really fun uh, conversation about that. Um, I remember my my first game to a Lady Vols game was actually in the Greensboro Coliseum where Tennessee played Virginia Tech in the NCAA tournament. Um, very, very sloppy game. Uh, we wound up winning and losing the Duke in the next round because Shamiqua just had a really off game. But, man, I, I, I just I, – I've grown up watching Lady Vol basketball longer than I have – men's basketball and Shamiqua was the gold standard for the program so thank you for putting Shamiqua on your list Uh, how could I not with her uh, being one of one of Washington's most famous athletes too and uh my my fifth and final um all you know also female um and I'm not sure that there's a pinpointable person that means more to their individual sport than Pat Summit does um and Pat Summit's on my Mount Rushmore she would have been my first one over Peyton Manning, Reggie White, all these folks. Pat Summit should be the first and foremost thing you think about, really, when you think about yeah. the University of Tennessee, um, really responsible for the existence of an entire sport right now, uh, just as far as it being taken seriously. Hate that we lost her so soon. She had so much more to to accomplish, as much as she accomplished. Um, all, all-time wins record, I believe, until Gino passed that, or uh, 
So Gino or uh, Strickland from Maryland. I've, I can't them, remember. Um, it, it, it's been passed. It will be passed again. But, you know, her career was just cut short. Rest in peace, Pat. Um, I met her in person uh, one time, got a shirt signed. It's sitting behind Armand right now, actually. Um, Pat, just one of the one of the great people to ever grace this earth. Yeah. She, I mean, she's she's on mine, too. But, yeah, like like Peyton, not a lot of justification needed. Um I also honorable mention, I guess Phil Phil Fulmer. I mean, I don't know how you felt about him as an AD, but good football coach, right? Yeah, he his his AD stint certainly soured his legacy um at Tennessee. Uh prior to that, I, I would have put him on mine. Um He won the championship, right? Yeah, nine ninety eight we won the champion, first BCS champion. That that's really dating how long it's been since Tennessee's been really relevant. The BCS had just been introduced, um, but yeah, yeah. Philip Fulmer, Philip Fulmer is synonymous with Tennessee football for anyone who is my age and into the into their forties. That's that that's the guy that brought you happy Saturdays. Yeah, I I I, I like this grinder question, man. As it actually got my brain thinking a little bit too, because we were talking this this afternoon before the show, and I was like, I, I don't know how many Tennessee athletes I can just pull. But but it just they just kind of came to me as we went along, so that's uh, I'm I'm glad we got to I got to kind of expand my horizons a little bit there. Only one I can think of that wasn't mentioned was Eric Berry. But, yeah, but yeah, that's an awesome one. That's an awesome one. But I'm glad you guys enjoyed this segment. It was fun hearing you guys' lists. Yeah, well, th- thank you, thank you, man, thank you for the question. No problem. Yeah, uh, man, what what a. Not a noggin scratcher, but this is the second week in a row that I feel like I've had to make Sophie's choice between some things I really wanted to include <laughs> on my list. Um, you know, last week with all the nicknames, I mean, we had a five-minute honorable mention session after our list came out yeah. of that. So, and Armand still managed to find ones with that we didn't mention. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ar- Ar- Armand's a kid savant when it comes to sports. Kid, <laughs> kid, he's like Bane, except for he was born into sports, not the darkness. That's right. <laughs> So well said. Uh, great, 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 great segment. I actually, this would be fun to do if we if we have a week where we don't have a grinder. It'd be fun to do this again for other teams, maybe yeah. other teams or something yeah. like that. This is this is a great blueprint for a sec a segment, dude. Yeah, I, I really I really liked what we do. The grinder. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh, if you follow us at the right hash, you can ask us uh, what what or tell us something you want us to talk about. I believe uh, next week's show, Mike Barlow has has tweeted at us and wants to know what our top five like sports bucket lists items are. Uh, so that'll be that'll be fun to uh, that'll be fun to think about for for a week or so uh, before we we. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think that's going to be our next grinder segment. I'm gonna tell you my. I'm gonna tell you one of mine though, and it's uh, Jacksonville winning a football game. Bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah. a game that they've scored an offensive touchdown in. Yeah, I was gonna say you got the you got the Bills with some field goals. Yeah, yeah. Get, get, give me some offensive success. I'd like a lot more than 150 yards and three interceptions. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned your favorite football team. I'm glad you mentioned your favorite football team, Alex, because we're 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 gonna bring back a segment to close out this show. Uh, that we haven't done in a little while, mainly because we haven't really had much to 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 be angry about. Um, but our first few shows, we closed it out with the hot box segment, in which we were talking about things that grinding our gears. And after a couple weeks, you know, I, I came up with one. So um, if if you if if we're, we're ready to put this Mount Rushmore and consider it complete, uh, I would I would love to be able to 
get on my get on uh, on one a little bit. I just Luke need Nat I just Carney. need some prompting. Luke Ned Carney, you are in the hot box. Thank you very much, Alex. And it's great to be back in the hot box. And I, I was I, I found myself in the hot box really on Sunday afternoon. Uh, when I watched the Dallas Cowboys just be allowed to do whatever the fuck they wanted by the referees, <laughs> as usual, uh, in, in big games, uh, it's no question that the NFL, in, in certain games, comes in with an agenda. Uh, you remember two years ago on Monday Night Football, Lions and Packers, um, you know, there was no way in hell that the officials were going to let the Lions win that game in Lambeau on Monday Night Football. So they called not one but two phantom illegal hands-to-the-face penalties to give the Packers a chance at a game-winning field goal. Fast forward to two and a half years, big game in the NFC East, Dallas at Washington. Dallas is up 11 to nothing. Washington hasn't played well. Micah Parsons, blatant roughing the passer uh, on Taylor Heineke, leads to a fumble, which is returned for a touchdown. Referee Alex Kep, yeah, I know his fucking name, and I'm calling him out, and his crew sucks dick. They're the worst crew in the NFL. Horrible game management. But he's standing right the fuck there and just looks at it sees Parsons come down with his fucking shoulder right on Heineke's ribs and doesn't throw the flag. I mean, this is a flag that would be thrown if it was Tom Brady, flag that would be thrown if it was Patrick Mahomes, flag that would be thrown if it was Lamar Jackson, despite the color of his skin, flag that would be thrown if it was Aaron Rodgers. The list goes on and on. And it was a flag that would have been thrown if it had been any team except the Dallas Cowboys. From then that point on, there was no chance for Washington. It didn't matter that they almost came back and won the game or tied the game, whatever. I stopped watching in the third quarter, uh, you know, a- after you know, yet another fucking phantom penalty extended a Cowboys drive. It- it's just bullshit that the NFL will just take the drama out of certain games that deserve drama. I mean, this was Washington won four games in a row. It had every reason to be confident coming in. And the league and the officiating simply took it away from them. So one of their cash cows, one of their golden boys, can win the fucking division just so they can lose in the first round because Dak Prescott is playing some shit football right now. And he's going to continue to play shit football because his team isn't any good. So fuck the Cowboys. Fuck the NFL. Fuck officiating. I want to play that game over. It was bullshit. And we're going to get another shot at them uh, the day after Christmas. Very, very passionate hotbox. And if I may add, probably the gayest thing I've ever seen in football is Dallas bringing their own benches from Dallas to that game. Like, do do, do you ship your thongs and your Tampaxes the same way, Jerry? Or, like, do do you leave those in Dallas because it's just an overnight flight and you think you you can stand the flow for a day? Like, it was just so absurd to me to see that they looked so dumb and yeah the thing that pissed me off is that I, i'm not even gonna say you guys lost because that that sounds like it's putting actual blame and i just don't think that's there but it sucks that dallas had to win that game after that dumb fucking mike mccarthy guarantee just literally the dumbest thing you can do as a coach is guarantee your team's gonna win and then the nfl had to make sure that he got it i'm fully with you brother Oh, dude, there's, there's no, and just watch these games lately toward the end of the season. Dallas will get the calls. They will get the calls. Always. They've gotten the calls. The week two game against the Chargers, the officials handed it to them because they knew if Dallas starts 0 2, they're probably not making the playoffs. So it's just, it's fucking horrible. We see it with Dallas. We see it with several other teams in the league. 
I kind of understand because ratings drive the bus, but my God, we got fucking robbed and it was fucking horrible. And Alex Kemp, I hope you die in a drive-by. And I am yeah, out of the hot box. <laughs> He's out of the hot box and into the sin bin after that one. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I really don't know if I had have one this week. Um, a, a couple of things I could probably rant about for a little bit with the with the Jaguars, but I'm so past the point of passionately angry. Like e- even even today, Armand comes over and I was trying to describe the win in in, in Miami against Miami in London, and I said I said right after the Urban Meyer thing, and then I had to stop myself and say, oh shit, we're to the point I have to clarify what fucking Urban Meyer thing I'm talking about now. <laughs> Because he's kicking kickers, he's having chicks sit on his lap. He doesn't know what player. Sorry, I've accidentally just stepped into the hot box. I've broken into this motherfucker. Um, it, you know, hold on, he, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can can we make it official? Set me up, set me up, set me up. Hurry, Alex Thompson, you are in the hot box. Okay, thank you. And he doesn't know what players are on the field. He said Andre Cisco has been looking better. Andre Cisco didn't play a snap last week. <laughs> Uh, James Robinson, he's like, yeah, we're running pretty well. Uh, we're going to run James Robinson a lot. Yeah, he got six carries last week, which I guess is an improvement considering Carlos Hyde only had one. We ran the ball seven fucking times in an NFL game in which the previous week, everyone had just said we need to run the ball more. So we run the ball none to solve that problem. And then this week it comes out that him and Marvin Jones did have this argument that he said that he didn't have with him. Marvin Jones came out and said, yeah, we had that argument, but it was totally in a manly way. Like, no, all the reports said that you guys argued like bitches. And I'm not mad at you, Marvin Jones, because I can't imagine being in your position and having to actually walk into that fucking building every day, take the shit that you get from the media about the wide receiver room being bad, but not realizing that everything else in the team is a just a fucking dumpster fire and we're gonna goose frob on myself right now because that was gonna get ugly but breathe alex breathe but shot khan needs to fire this moron yesterday he is doing actual damage to the reputation that we might very much need this offseason to rebuild this travesty of a roster that urban meyer has put in front of us we had so much salary cap room still available which thankfully it's going to carry over this year we have the most money in free agency but who the fuck wants to come to jacksonville after what's happened we're going to have to go get uh we're going to have to get a very 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 competent head coach um but right now i'm just concerned with us needing a new head coach right now urban meyer is still the lead man in jacksonville and it makes no sense I wish I had this level of job security where I could just have no idea what's going on about anything the subordinates of me of mine are doing and go up there, lie about it, lackadaisically, have some 20-something sit on my lap, grind her till I'm done, hop back on the plane and lie to my wife about it, get caught, and still just come out on the other side absolutely glistening with a buyout. This guy has traveled college football so much. He knows exactly how this is done. He is to the point where he has got this process down so pat that he doesn't even have to quit. They're going to ask him to leave and pay him to leave. It's honestly really pretty genius what Urban Meyer has been able to do his entire career, winning championships and still somehow being hated everywhere he's left, Um, except for he's not going to win a championship here. So 
I don't even have a redeeming quality about Urban Meyer, except for he did try to sign Tim Tebow and said, nah, Fryer, we're good. Uh, here's a million dollars to practice for a couple weeks. Get out of here. All right. I'm, yeah, I, 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 I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of the hot box. I need a real hot box after yeah. this. Yeah, man. See, I, 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 I got to be honest. That was a joke to begin with. That hire was a joke to begin with. I large, by and large think it's a joke when uh, NFL teams think they can hire the best college coaches just because they're the best college coaches and everything will just transition and be peachy. Um, so I'm, I'm I, I, not to like, you know, wish badly upon a person, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm really enjoying it uh, because it just proves me right. Here's what I'll say about it. I was fairly certain that Urban Meyer wasn't going to work out, but I was okay with the risk reward in a one year scenario with it. But I, in, in the caveat there is if this guy looks obviously like he can't do the job, you need to get rid of him and find someone who can. And that caveat's not being met. I was okay with the risk. Like, I, I like the risk-taking idea of it. He's been successful everywhere he's been. Yeah, that rarely does translate into the NFL, but sometimes it does. And everywhere he's been, he's been successful. You know, reason stands that he had a chance to be successful in the NFL. But now that we know he can't be successful in the NFL, and he's just honestly actively bring, devaluing the Jaguars somehow. Like, he came to the Jaguars and is making them worse. Is that even possible? (laughs) We pick first. Can we pick higher than first? Like, that's where we need to be picking. I don't don't know if we can pick out of the Hall of Fame. Maybe that's what we do. Just grab some Hall of Famers and put them on the roster. Um, Donovan Darius is not walking through that door. I, I regret to inform you. I don't. The Manning cast seems to be over for the next couple of weeks. Can we give one of them a try? I take either one of them. The one with Down syndrome or the one with the humongous forehead. Give me either one of them. Right now, nothing against Trevor, but just give me something to look forward to. It, and it's just ruined Trevor this year too. He's taken a step back with all this drama, and now he's having to be the adult in the room as the rookie in the in the franchise. So. All right, this yeah. hot box has been over like three times. <laughs> it's, it's finally over. Nothing, nothing really to cry about because it's not going to have an impact on anything other than maybe free agency. So hopefully Shad can just nut the fuck up, fire this guy, and go get Byron Leftwich. Yeah. If only Armand and I knew what it was like to root for a shitty football team. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't tell you, man. I don't know. He, just, he makes us sound like we're, like we're all good. Oh, he may, yeah, the Jaguars make Washington seem like a perfectly average, normal NFL franchise. Dude, t- t- tell, me, tell me how this works in my life. That there, there is like this constant rivalry between the state of Tennessee and the state of Florida. How am I on the wrong end of both football rivalries? I go <laughs> for the Jaguars and the fucking Volunteers, and I don't know if I've seen the Jags and the and the Vols win in that matchup more times than I can put on my hand since I've been alive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. M- most uh, most UNC or most Cowboys fans are or most UNC fans are probably also Cowboys fans because they're bandwagoning assholes. So. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the the opposite side of like two of those rivalries too, having to deal with those those pieces of shit. So, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from being the on Cowboys, the though. being on the wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean, but it's still you know, the on a national scale, everyone thinks that one certain team can do no wrong, and then their rival is just the shit rival. So yeah, I, I kind of understand that. Well, but one day the long con, one day it's gonna flip. One day it's gonna flip. One can hope. For every reaction, there is an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> One day, well, 
the Jags are going to go undefeated against the Titans. Vols are going to go undefeated against the Gators. And your boy's going to be 150 pounds of pure abs. <laughs> pure steel. <laughs> <laughs> Trees tap dance. Orson Wells get lunch or breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and elephants drive in the uh, Indy 500, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I'd, I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> hey, if you're not familiar, that was the uh, 1980, the reference to the 1983 championship, NC State championship team. But man, what a, what a show today, guys. I, I'm really appreciate you guys uh, doing this, this late night recording with me, uh, fitting, fitting this into, into your schedules uh, with, with my crazy schedule working in sports casting. So uh, man, we've been waiting to have Armand on here for, for a long time. Armand, how, how was your first right hash experience? Man, I'll tell you, it was it was amazing to be on here. And whenever it was either you or Alex that texted me that you guys were going to start a podcast and, and get this thing going, I just – I really thought that was a wonderful idea. And since you guys have started, I've enjoyed every episode. And I know for a fact that right now my brother, our brother, is, is looking down at us, looking down at us, and he's smiling. And to be able to talk to – to my brothers and do and do this show with you guys has really been great and i wish you guys the most continued success and and many more episodes to come not the last time you'll be on here you'll oh, for sure, sure be featured yeah, of course. plenty plenty of other times uh gonna be a regular uh, on the podcast hopefully um you know as long as your schedule permits with right. f- finishing up school and got a job on the horizon so uh armand thanks for thanks for joining us just a couple of quick reminders for everyone Make sure to go drop a follow on our Twitter page at the right hash. Armand, you want to drop your your handles? I know you've got one or two that you're fl- floating around there. I've got I've got one open to the public, and that's at Mr. Kuchecki underscore. The other one, uh, we leave that leave that one for the special people in my life. So my main is, is Mr. Kuchecki underscore. If you want to give me a follow, Armand has recently started a uh, a, a very soon to be decorated coaching career. Hopefully. Um, you know, one Coach K leaves, one Coach K has to come in. Coach K is on the podcast with us today. So in the future, whenever you hear Coach K, just know it's referring to our podcast guest, Armand Kuchecki, at Mr. Kuchecki underscore on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. Uh, everyone go check out the um, the Right Hash Bowl Bash. Uh, link is in the bio of our Twitter page. Um, sign up for that $50 Amazon gift card to the winner, excluding Luke and myself second place food gift card to be named later. Um, Should be a lot of fun. Uh, As always, thanks everyone for tuning in and Luke, I'll throw it back to you to throw us out. Yeah. Just a couple more acknowledgements. Want to thank my friend, Zach Burhans for the, uh, the voiceover at the beginning of the show. Uh, He uh, recorded our, our intro. I hope you like our new intro. It's our second show uh, with it. I'd also like to thank Earl Sturdivant at Slim Sweets and Miles Speed over at uh, Speedy Custom Sneakers, uh, friends of the program. Uh, Hope you guys catch this episode as well. And uh, we hope to talk to you guys soon uh, also. Uh, But without without, uh, that, that's about all all we got to today. I mean, it was almost two hours of talking. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, when when us three get together, we never have an issue of finding stuff to talk about. And that's uh, that to me is one of the great blessings in life. Uh, So thanks a lot, guys, for joining me tonight. And most importantly, thank you, the listener, uh, for tuning in to The Right Hash. We'll talk to you guys next week. We finally got a warm day, you're straight in January.